Ladies and gentlemen, trans and non-binary punks of all ages and denominations, welcome back to another episode of Not Just a Phase, and thanks for joining us. If you're new here, let me give you a quick rundown of uh, how you can find us online. First off, our website's at notjustaphase.net. On Instagram and TikTok, we're at notjustaphaseworldwide. And on Twitter, we're at njapworldwide. Uh, we recently relaunched our Patreon if you want to help support the expansion of our podcast and blog spot really help us out creating a bunch more content for you and help us get shows and things like that so just uh, consider that if you could i am incredibly geeked to have some of quiet fear here with us today uh quiet fear are easily sorry everyone else my favorite band from southern california uh incredibly impressive massive screamo black metal post-hardcore whirlwind dirge of fury, pain, and justice all coming out like right in your face. I will take every opportunity I can to see this band. I recommend you do it as well. Uh, thank you both for joining us. Hey, this is Adrian from Quiet Fear, and you're listening to our song, Mil Quinientos, on the Not Just a Phase podcast.
Thanks so much, man. That's probably my favorite description that we've had. Yeah, <laughs> I was about our to music say that. is like I had so many, and that's probably that takes the cake. Oh, yeah, thank you. That's so nice. So you really know us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been. I mean, not to. I've listened to Quiet Fear for a long time now, just because you know there's a band from Southern California and they play screamo. I'm plugged in, but like I actually just kind of started getting to actually see y'all play like in the last year. Yeah. So and I've just been mesmerized. Like literally, like, I'm addicted. Thank you, dude. Thank you so much. Absolutely. So welcome to the show. Thanks so much for talking with us. Uh, how are you both doing? Pretty good, man. Yeah, pretty solid. All right. So, for the listeners at home, would you like to say your name and the role you play in the band? Uh, I'm Christian. I play drums in quite a few. Uh, I'm Adrian, and I attempt to play bass. You succeed. Let's not. Let's <laughs> you succeed for sure. Um, so, you know, as a podcast, we always like to ask, like, do y'all listen to any podcasts in your own time? Uh, bonus points if it's our podcast. Oh, yours is for sure one I listen to frequently, especially because, like, you know. It's it's very uh, not often you have like media like that where you see a lot of your friends just talk about stuff that you all share in common. So that's really cool, you know. And so that yours is a big one. Um, one that I frequent a lot is this. I'm really in, I listen to Midnight Marinara. It's like uh, this theater troupe of people that like reenact creepy pastas and like horror oh, stories Dude, online. Awesome. So like you kind of just hear like um, people's like run-ins with like bad Craigslist ads that they meet up with folks or like haunted encounters and stuff like that. Which is so much. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I, I want to hear that too. That's it's a, a it's a great one. What's I, it called? Midnight Marinara. That's a great name. Yeah. So it's all it's all creepy pasta related, and um, I actually saw them. It was like a live oh, a taping of it one time. I get really into it. Really, really good. And that's similar to one I listen to called the Mr. Ballin Podcast. What is the Mr. Ballin Podcast? Mr. Ballin, yeah. Okay. He uh, does, like, true crime and, like, uh, essentially it's, like, the strange, dark, and mysterious. That's, like, his, like, slogan, I guess. Um, but, yeah, a lot of, like, ghost stories, and, but also true crime stuff and alien stuff. And weird, just weird stuff. That's awesome. It's have, awesome. Have you guys ever listened to uh, Gods of Appalachia? No. Okay. It's like, uh, I don't know if you know much about Appalachia, but it's considered like one of the most haunted places, like largest like, haunted swap of land like on the American continent. Mm-hmm. It's basically telling stories of like these old forgotten towns that are in like the backwoods of Appalachia and like just horrifically insane shit just happens. It's like, I think it's mostly fictitious, but a lot of it is like, pulled from like stories from the area. It was really good. The narration is really good. It's just creepy as fuck. I'd love to. I'd love to listen to it. Yeah, I'll, I'll be sure to send it to you. 100%. Please do. All right. Um, so outside of music, what other hobbies and passions occupy your time? I'm an artist, so I draw. A good artist. A great artist. Great artist. Thank you. Always too modest about it. Uh, that's pretty much all I do. I just play drums and draw. Yeah, okay. Plug, plug, plug the art, dude. Uh, ChrisFernandez.art. That's uh, everything. Uh, my website's called that. My Instagram, my TikTok. Yeah, I have a TikTok. Yeah, dude. <laughs> and I don't use TikTok, but I post my videos on there. So. Yeah. Um, me, personally, I just, uh, I just, I'm an avid reader. That's what I do a lot. I read a lot of books and uh, I exchange like uh, different like, political poetry with people that I meet. And I just work out when I'm not at work and play music. Music's probably the, the dominant of all the things I do, to be honest. I mean, that's a pretty common answer. That's really sick. Yeah. Very cool. So, you know, earlier on the podcast, we was like kind of asking it appeals to like how, how y'all got involved in like music or DIY or punk. Like, what's what's like the entry point for, you know, how you wound up here? 
Uh, I could go. Yeah, yeah, mine's pretty long. You can go first. Yours is long? Okay. Um, I I guess I went to a backyard show for the first time when I was probably 16. Okay. And uh, and I didn't know, like, that world at all, you know? Like, you know, I I wanted, I was playing music already. Like, I was in drum But then someone took me to, like, a backyard punk show. And I was like, what is this? Like, you can do this? You know what I mean? And, like, you know, I thought, like, you know, I was listening to bands, like, at the time, like, freaking Slipknot and, like, uh, Nirvana and stuff. And I'm like, oh, that's the level you have to be at to, like, be a musician. But then I realized, like, oh, there's this whole other world of, like, DIY and all that. And then it made me want to start a band. So I quit Drumline, started a band, and then that band sucked. <laughs> and then, yeah, and I was in a lot of shitty bands until now. So, yeah. That was a good one. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's it. Uh, I can go more into it later. <laughs> yeah, we'll, yeah. Start, we'll circle back. For those at home, uh, Chris is also in uh, Joy Boo, another yeah. really awesome band from yeah. California. Thank you. Um, Me, it's pretty much similar. I've always, my family's just very uh, big music fans. And starting from my dad, like me and my siblings kind of just grew up with everything he was into from like the late 60s, like Yardbirds, Beatles type stuff to like the punk and that like, crash he really enjoyed when he like got to the States in the late 70s and the early 80s. Oh, hell yeah. And um, that kind of translated to my brother kind of like showing me uh, like power violence and death metal and stuff like that. But kind of like Chris, I kind of always saw music as like you have to be like a big stage or like at stadiums and stuff like that. Yeah. And it wasn't until my older cousin, John, on my dad's side, uh, they lived out in Baldwin Park, like in the Moscovina area. And um, when we would go visit them, my dad would like have poker nights with my uncles. And one night, my cousin had convinced my dad to take me out to go to a party that his band was playing at. And I kind of like got exposed to that whole world of like this is like it's like somebody's living room, but there's like there was like eighty kids, and I was like nine or ten years old, just like around all these teenagers, like wearing like spaz t-shirts and stuff like that. And um, as I started getting older, he started putting me on to stuff like at the drive-in and like the Jesus and Mary chain and like a lot of just like the outsider type music that you would hear in the beginning. So once, um, like uh, this guy, my dad and my brother, they're avid artists, so they like to paint and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I never had that bug. My nephew has it and they like work with clay. They like to like um, do chalk, like stuff with chalk and coal, like those kinds of painting. But I can't draw a stick figure to save my life. And um, so they all say. Yeah, but um, but I kind of picked up music as like my knack from my uncle and my cousin because my uncle's a musician himself too. So when my dad kind of saw that, um, one day when he picked me up from school, he just showed up with like this guitar from like a flea market, and it kind of just went from there. I was like, all right, I saw what that I can do that. Yeah, I can be like my cousin, and I kind of just like learned guitar from there. And yeah, same thing. I was in a bunch of bands, and eventually got to a pretty decent one, and learned instruments along the way. That's that's fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, so I know this is kind of a tough question, but um, what would you say are two records that kind of define you personally? Maybe like older stuff, newer stuff, and everyone's this change all the time. So, like right now in this moment in time, like what are two records you feel like? Yeah, like, that's who I am right now. Okay. I was gonna say because there's a lot of them that like definitely changed my outlook on music for sure. Yeah. I know it's hard to pick two. You could narrow it down. You could even go three. I got two. Go for it. Uh, you Fail Me by Converge is a big one for me. It like made me think about drumming differently, you know, and like being more creative. Um, and then The Always Open Mouth by Fear Before and March of Flames. 
Fear before. Yeah. <laughs> I like to say Fear before. But yeah. Yeah, that, that, uh, those two records. I can say one currently that I'm a huge fan of, because you said three, right? Is that yeah. Right? Uh, there's a new band called Memory Drip, and it's the singer of Fear Before's new band. Oh, shit. And it's like, it's with the guitarist of Teenage Wrist, too, so like it has that like more alternative kind of sound, but at the same time, it's kind of like synthy. And, like, and then his vocals over that. Yeah. He doesn't scream a lot, but there is one song he screams a lot. It's just like, it feels like Fear Before a little bit, and it's just like nice to hear that again, you know? So you should check that out. Oh hell yeah! It's, it's, it's I think it's just uh, self-titled. I think it's just memory drip. Yeah, that's good. If we do three, I think three is easier. Uh, a big one for me for sure is uh, "Lesson in Crime" by Tokyo Police Club. Okay. Yeah, just because like at that time I was listening to a lot of like uh, like death metal and, and power violence. That's what I was getting into, and then when I stumbled across that, it was it just sounded so stripped down and like. I, I had learned and from seeing like videos of them playing from that era, their drummer only had like just the kick drum and the snare and like one ride. Yo. And like for how good those songs were with them having like limited instruments really made me think like, okay, like I can do this kind of stuff. And then another big one for sure is uh, Relationship of Command, Ram at the Drive-In. Just because it's just, it's one of those things again where there's the, there's the musicians and then there's the people that are musicians for a purpose and like Hearing those songs, like there's definitely so much of them you can feel through the lyrics and the instrumentation, and it really like made me look at like, okay, if I'm gonna write songs, like I want people to recognize what I'm trying to convey of myself in that one. And then I'd say another really big one, um, probably that first DJ Shadow mix. <laughs> uh, introducing. Yeah, 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 introducing DJ Shadow just because. Um, at the time when I was like listening to a lot of stuff, my brother, he, like I said, him and my dad are, are really avid artists, and uh, my brother was really big into graffiti and like, train bombing back in like the late nineties, early two thousands, and he had, he had actually linked up with a bunch of people from like the UK that came over to the states to do graffiti, and they put him onto like DJ Shadow, the Dream Team, and a lot of like the Junglist movement that was happening for like drum and bass. Oh hell yeah! And when I would hang out with him in his, because uh, he used to live in our garage uh, when I was younger, my brother like he had his room in there. When I would hang out with him. He would just be playing that stuff, and it kind of just it it showed me a lot of different ways dynamics work in, in music. So I really, I really, I think that one's a big one for me for sure. That's just some great answer. Yeah, and I, I can hear a little bit of the swap of everything too. It's, you know, five years groovy as hell. Yeah, then try to try it. always definitely appreciate. It. Um, so let's talk about the scene a little bit, like in LA or like Southern California, just you know, like our kind of local area, like. How, like what do you, you know, I guess uh, what what, is, what would you say about like how things are? Uh, me personally, if I'm being honest, I think it's getting a lot more recognized and um, and I think it's becoming a little bit more welcoming. And what I like even more now than it was when I was like younger, it's getting a lot more experimental. Like bands are trying a lot of new things now. And uh, even like re, you know, bringing back a lot of like elements from like music from back in the day, uh, even outside of Screamo that I really like. So that's that's one thing that I, I can say a lot for sure that I really enjoy. And uh, I think there's a lot more collaborative efforts that are being made amongst, not even just amongst bands, but just from people that are like in the DIY community people that throw shows, people that like run the zines and stuff like that. Yeah. It's happening a lot more and it's a lot more like united, I think. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I was literally going to say a lot of the same things. <laughs> um, but yeah, Adrian. I think it's uh, I think it's cool that like it seems like the the bands are getting younger. Like they're starting very early now, and oh, yeah, they're already a, good. That's a big thing. It's sure. like I'm so jealous that like this is your first band. And you're already that fucking. <laughs> you good. sound like that. Yeah. yeah shout like, out One Way Mirror. Oh, yeah, man. seriously, and and Claybirds. Oh my god, yeah, dude, Claybirds. like that. They're like, I don't even, I think they're like 16, 17, They're all like, like in high school still. I'm just like, you guys are doing it right. You know what I mean? I wish, you know, I'm, I'm happy with the direction, you know, I've taken, like, you know, all the shitty bands that I've been in and all, and all that, but they're really lucky that they get to kind of do that now. You yeah. Know what I mean? R- rather than like wait, like I did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, I, honestly, like it just feels more welcoming like you were saying Adrian and uh, it wasn't like that before you know it felt like a lot more like you can't sit on a table kind of thing but now it's like everyone's just allowed to do it's cool so yeah it definitely feels like that so I know that you know I'm not trying to ask you to hurt some feelings but who are some of your favorite bands from our area yeah you obviously love everyone of course 100% in the area, I wouldn't say they're my my favorite, but they're actually a band that I, I really dig now. That we actually just played with Wednesday. This band called Guck. This band called Guck. Guck. Yeah. Damn, they're awesome. Yeah. They're honestly like they're a band that like it's a band that I hadn't I haven't seen in a long time. Like the the sounds that they were like portraying, the dynamics amongst themselves when they were playing live, it was really really solid. I really dig them a lot. And um, I'm trying to think of another one. There's so many, man. I know. Yeah. It's a good problem to have. OTL. OTL is a big one. Oh, okay. They're, uh, they've been friends with my other band for a long time. It's cool that like I'm in Quiet Fear now and I get to still play shows with them. And they're, they've grown a lot since you know we last played with them. So and uh, they're about to drop a record and it's going to sound fucking awesome and I'm excited about that man. yeah I mean, we're all very high not because they're my friends but like just in general they're just a good fucking band yeah. so, another band I think a lot of people should really listen to are the homies in Daunted they're Daunted just, yeah they're uh, some, uh, this power violence band from uh, folks from uh, Boyle Heights and the OC they're a really really great band 100% recommended to everybody love hearing names even I don't know it just shows you how like deep and diverse the scene is right now it's just it's so good yeah uh, so I mean I know you just mentioned some underground cuts but is there any band like you can give like one or two if you want that like you're like you guys need to be listening to this now because like they're seriously up next that's a good question <laughs> I mean I, I I doubt there's anybody that's not listening to them but I always say Monsonera yeah 100% like if anybody out there who hasn't been listening to that band, like, do it because I feel like the direction that they take with their music and just screamo in general, like, that's where I see it going. Yeah. And I'm really happy that that's the direction that it's going, especially because of them. So, 100% listen to them. Um, they're just yeah. I'll say they're probably one of my favorite bands. Like seriously, yeah. I, I after we toured with them, like, I just like. 
didn't stop listening to them, and I'm just like this. They just get better and better like as I keep going. They're great. I like them. Uh, so I know that we're getting into like the season where y'all have been recording for a little while together. Like, you know, the band's like really taking shape from last year. Um, if you if y'all are cool with it, we can cut out whatever you have really interesting sharing. Um, would you like to talk about like the newer album a little bit? Like any info you can give us or like the process, like what the direction is. There's two things we can talk about. Yeah, definitely. Um, so one of the bigger things that we've definitely uh, from the start of the year and even from last year was uh, we mentioned them like our split that we're doing with Mossinaire that we're hoping to release very soon. That was like a big collaborative piece that we've been going back and forth with for like the last year and a half. Um, and the direction and message of that is really just, I would say, a, a, a us bringing our combination of our culture, since we're all from like similar like experiences, and our approach to screamo, like not traditional, like when it comes to like tropes and sounds and just the way the you know like what you would see is like a typical screamo thing. Yeah, as like what's really been happening. So that's one of the main things. And then for our own music. Uh, since we've been back from tour ourselves, it's just been like hitting the ground running with writing any and every song that we had ideas prior to leaving. And like this guy and Chris have been just like hatching it out so much. Yeah, um, that's something cool that I'm glad happened. You know, like I joined the band. You never know like how it's gonna be creatively. Yeah. Like obviously, like I learned their songs first and everything. And, but writing, it was like that's when you. You're in the hot seat, kind of. You're like, let's, let's see how this actually goes. And me and Chris, I feel like I've been writing really cool shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're excited to hear. How's that dynamic been? Like, you joined in like the last year. Or so. Honestly, the the first show that you mentioned, the uh, the first show, I guess, Heavenly Blue played in California. That was my first show. Yeah, I remember. So, yeah, it's uh, it's been a ride for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> I think I'm I'm a better drummer now. These guys just make me better, and they yeah. he for sure makes us better okay. more than anything. I remember yeah. you being kind of nervous. I remember you being like kind of still like, nervous. For <laughs> sure, where you're like kind of like just kind of want to play. Yeah, and then you're like I don't know I don't know how it's gonna go. And then you sat down, and just everyone's fucking freaked. That shit went so hard. Yeah, I got a I got a lot of. Uh, I get overwhelmed with that kind of thing when people like coming up to me and stuff. But I was like, oh, thank God, like it, it went that way because it could have gone really bad. You know, you never know. But uh, yeah, so me and Chris have been we're like probably three or four songs in for, yeah. to like a new record. Okay. Um, but the first thing I wrote with with them was was uh, the split. The yeah, awesome. yeah. yeah. And uh, so that was three songs that we wrote together. And, it kind of just like naturally flow. Yeah, you know, I, I think they're I think they're really cool songs, and I can't wait for everyone to hear them. I think as two separate bands, you guys have such like a wonderful. This is going to kind of turn into like a Massenera Fire interview almost, but <laughs> yes, like because your battle set, which by the way, if you haven't gone and watched the battle set from NFF twenty twenty three, like absolutely go do that. It's probably one of my favorite sets I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, hands down, like just the coolest shit. Like the way you guys play back and forth and just like have been floated to each other. And would you say that that kind of also like that was a split like kind of already written before then, or did it kind of come over that? Yeah. So the set itself, that battle set, is actually the structure of the split itself. Yeah. Yeah. So the back and forth, it's 
you know, even with like the cool little samples and songs that you have in between it, the thing that guides from song to song is how we, we structured the, the split to be to culminate in the collab track with both of us. So that's, you know, what to expect. Okay. Yeah. I love that so much. Do you yeah. think that you'll do another battle set with them eventually? Or? Yeah. We're actually we're doing one. Yeah, we're doing one. <laughs> we're, uh, we're, uh, we're actually flying back to Philly to have... Um, oh, for Dilly Dally. Yeah, for Dilly Dally yeah. Fest. Yeah, we're yeah. playing the battle set there in that, that one. Okay. The only way they let us on that fest too <laughs> was to do that. Because yeah. they, they couldn't like have another band do like a full set. Right. Okay. It was already full. Right. So like we'll do a battle set. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. yeah. so a few folks that put that together, you know, met where I think we're at, new friends and saw it and they were like, Oh, we need to see that again. So, yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Shout out Dove, shout out Fire. Yeah, Dove one hundred percent just the kind of soul. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely pure soul. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really cool. Do you do you all kind of have like a cutoff time for you? Like, okay, this is when we kind of want to have the album done, or you kind of just like kinda letting it come as a, as a, as y'all are writing um, for our new record? Yes, for the new for the new record, not the split. I I mean, I have an idea of. I feel like because we don't have a lot of shows in December, so we're gonna really hammer it home with the writing, and hopefully we can finish the bulk of the album and then. Um, you know, get into recording by next year, like okay. early next year. I'm hoping. Elliot, that's that's in my head. What, what no, I yeah. <laughs> like the one thing that we've definitely talked about a lot, especially with Chris, because Chris is usually like the mind behind like structuring out how plans are going to be for the upcoming years. Like when it comes, like the record itself, I think we want to hash out like a minimum of nine to ten tracks. Okay. And uh, like Chris mentioned, we were already four tracks in, um, one pretty much done. So. Uh, our process is usually um, the main focus is always uh, the guitar parts that Chris brings us the bones for, and him and Chris will will hash out what we want to do rhythmically, and then I'll come in to add that extra kind of like rhythmic flair to it. And then once that's all cohesive and put together, John just hashes out his like great lyrics yeah. all the time. Um, but usually, like you mentioned, with not we're trying to take a backseat to shows right now, just to focus on writing completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, of course. I remember, but I remember hearing that, and you all booked like four shows the week you were back. Yeah, time. dude. <laughs> our, our initial plan was to just focus on writing as soon as we got back from tour. Were asking yeah, it was like one of those uh, things. It was like, hey, we're putting a show together. You want to play? Hey, we really like you guys to play here. And you can't say no. I know. You never want to say no, especially when it's with either with bands that you really want to play with or bands you've never been a part of. You know, it's like one even of, even playing with Guck recently. That was like yeah. we didn't know that was going to happen. Yeah. the way it happened and we're like man this band is probably one of the sickest bands I've ever seen like, yeah, straight yeah, up definitely. and they only played they played to like a no crowd and I feel like people need to hear this like that's the thing like it was like an empty room just to us and it was like yeah we gotta like do something with this band <laughs> yeah. okay but, so, um, stuff like that happens so if I were to give like a rough estimate maybe by like February to have the bulk of the songs done and plan out, plan to maybe record in late March, early April before we get going with like a bunch of other stuff that we have planned for the upcoming year. Okay. You know, just so that way when we end up doing all that other stuff, um, we'll be at the tail end of it all and hopefully put it out maybe by the middle of summer or like early start of fall. Okay. Yeah. Very excited for that. You guys, we also, anything y'all want removed? Feel like you're ready to talk about this fact too, but do you guys have like a wish list for a label, or are you going to say release? Do you have any ideas of that? Yeah. That's really up in the air, <laughs> to be honest. 
We have a few that we're looking at, but nothing set in stone yet. And even if not, we we're never uh, opposed to putting it out ourselves. Like any DIY band, like all of our efforts are for you know us sharing what we create and collective to people. Yeah. That's the thing I've always really felt about you guys, at least as long as I've known you, is that like it feels very much like you relish being in front of people and playing, but you also are just like so psyched. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you have that, but like anything you see, you guys play and talk to you before or after, it's like, these guys just only have good days. Like, holy <laughs> No, man, we have bad days yeah, just as much as everybody. <laughs> no, if not course, more, to be course. honest. But, um, no, but definitely, man. Um, I think we, uh, me personally, I feel like we strive the best in a live environment, you know, and just being at shows, like connecting with bands and even just people, like, uh, aside from how much I, me, per, like, when I love the music as much as I do, connecting with everybody is just like even more yeah, thing to me. Yeah, I mean, that's what makes the scene the scene. So, like, it makes sense that that would feel like the most important thing. Definitely. to kind of get into the tour a little bit about 
like you know with Masanera and Amad and all that. Like, yeah. How how was the tour? Like you guys have any good stories? Was there any like spiritual revelations? Uh, a lot of that. A lot yeah. of it. A lot of that. <laughs> yeah, um, dude. It was probably the best time of my life. Yeah. Like, it was just. Yeah. I mean, I'm smiling. As soon as you yeah. mentioned, I was like, ah. Yeah. Um, That's I a mean, of shit. Yeah. That was that was like. I just want to hang out with Masanera and Habak like every day. Like, I can't. It sucks. Like we haven't seen each other in a minute. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. You can get into it more, but. <laughs> no. Uh, likewise, like it's funny. I mentioned to him. Because um, that one is actually my second tour ever, and like I think it was like your first like crazy long one, right? Yeah. And we just got spoiled, like yeah. like I, I was spoiled on the last tour we did uh, with Masanera because it was great, and then the second one was like even better. So it's funny like hearing other bands like tour stories of like how horrible they were, like you know the the animosity between bands. But it's like dude, like we lucked out on not just having one but two amazing band filled with just like really kind people we were all stuck in one band yeah, yeah. so we got really close yeah real quick. <laughs> i mean it's just it was crazy to me because i saw initially when you announced the tour and it's like you friends fest and then two week tour and yeah. i'm like man what a way to fucking start the two week yeah. tour like, that's insane but it was intimidating but once once we started playing at new friends it was like ah oh, this is gonna be like it felt like I was emotionally connected to these people like it's like it was crazy you know even like I don't know if you remember but Chris from Masonera's like speech yeah before then like that just like set the tone for the yeah. entire tour and I was like yeah this is gonna be sick yeah so because um, it was actually our first time really meeting Habak especially mm-hmm. uh, we had uh, we played a few shows with them maybe one or two um, but it was never something where we were like fully like hanging out and like really getting involved with those people but they're just like the, the group of like the kindest and like funniest people in the world. I, I really like the time we spent with them on that tour. Like, I'm really glad to call those people my friends now. Like, like I mentioned earlier, like the amount of stuff that I like to read, like Eduardo, their guitar player, like he schooled me on a bunch of like anarchist literature and stuff like that. And like a bunch of like poetry that he was really into. And it's like some of the best stuff I've read in a long time. That is really sick. And his poetry is oh, insane. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really yeah. Good. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Mark. Yeah, one hundred percent. So, like, what would you say? I know it's hard to pick. I'm not going to put on you. Let's uh, we'll put NFF aside. But of the two week tour, like, what is maybe like one or two of the shows where you're like, this is my favorite night of this tour for sure. That's a good one. Let's see. I think South Carolina and DC were my favorites. Yeah, that's the ones at the record store in the house. Yeah. So South Carolina was with Two Forget. So that's when I I don't know if you guys met them before that, but. That's when I met them for the first time. They're like, fucking this sick. band. What the fuck? Dude, they're slept on. Listen <laughs> yeah. to Two Forget, guys. Yes, please. One hundred percent. That was a really good one. That was a really good best one. And then the DC one was really cool, just because it was like this house on the outskirts of like. It was like, in the woods. Yeah, in the woods. Oh, shit. And there was maybe I want to say maybe like close to a hundred pools packed into a living room. Dead bird on the floor, you know. It was a real yeah. DIY punk space. Yeah, man. It was called the litter box. Yeah, <laughs> man. It was it was insane. It's pretty yeah, and then and that and that shows on YouTube, so you should go watch that. Yeah, it's crazy, man. <laughs> uh, but I think uh, South Carolina was the thing is both those shows. Me and me and John were like delirious from from how sick we were yeah. from both those shows. Like we were. We weren't gonna play the South Carolina one. We we're like, ah, let's just 
not play this one, let's sit it out, rest for the next show. And then we heard two forget, and we're like, fuck, we got to play. <laughs> like, they inspired us, and we were just like, yeah, we, we got to we gotta do something. We got to play. So. Yeah, and honestly, I think both of those shows had the crowd, were the gnarliest crowds that we had played. Like, every, every show we played on that tour had a really gnarly crowd, but that one was like, there was like fools being lifted into the air. Yeah. Like there was a couple of people like doing like ninja kicks off of the wall into each other. Yeah. It was it was a blast, man. That's fucking sick, like yeah. kissing the ceiling and shit. Yeah, dude. And I think even more so, what I really liked about them is that it wasn't just like screamo heads. Like there was a bunch of like punk kids, like the random indie crowd that like wandered in. And yeah. Um, yeah. the the one we played with, you forget. There was like even people because we played at this uh, place called Monster Music and Movies. It's kind of like a record store slash like horror movie spot. That's awesome. Um, but even just people that were just showing up to like that were just like shopping were like, oh, let's stick around for the show and they like really fuck with it and like got into the vibe, which was really awesome. So that, those were definitely some really early ones. Yeah. We love yeah. the mixed bill. We love the mixed bill. It was great. Yeah, that's so sweet. Um, so. Are there any bands that you haven't played with yet that you'd like really love to play with? Touche more. Touche more. I don't know, man. I think I wouldn't see that as far fetched, to be honest. Yeah, they're, they're my favorite band. Besides Converge. Yeah. I would love to play with Converge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're doing a new album with uh, Octopus. They just announced like some new collab album they're doing. Like another Blood Moon. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Man. Yeah, I'm here for that. <laughs> I, I I don't have a band that I, I can pick up off the top of my head just because I love playing with people I've never seen before and that yeah. is especially like recently in the past year like those kinds of shows are the ones where I meet people that are like my really good friends now like that first show was like you mentioned with Heavenly Blue like I'd never met any of those guys and like John their bass player just coming out to me like hey man I'm John from Heavenly Blue I figured we he like really came up to me yeah. and was like hey man I feel like we should just cut the whole you know I don't know you know you thing and just like you know yeah. Our bands are playing together kind of thing. And now, like, that guy is, like, a gem to yeah. Like, the greatest person I've known, as well as, like, Drew and all those guys. Yeah, they're band. all treasures. Yeah. Yeah, we, we were talking about how Masonera, like, those, those dudes are, like, really good friends. Heavenly Blue is another one of those bands that's, like, I love them so much. As people and as musicians. Yeah. They're, they're, they're about to put something out soon. Oh, too, so. new. Heavenly. Just wait for that shit. <laughs> I'm so excited. It's, yeah. it's this year, thankfully, so we're not playing yeah. too long. Or I think like within the next like few months, yeah. they were talking about it. So yeah. It's gonna, gonna blow people away. Yeah, there are dream bands. I can. I, is it? What if I include like bands that aren't around anymore? We can. Yeah, that's actually a separate question. But we can segue straight into the, oh, that one. Sure. Who's, who's a band that's like you would love to like open for, or even to see? Just honestly, I'd, I'd kill to see Lear again. Yeah, that was a band that like I would see all the time, and they really had a. Uh, an impact on like how I went about my guitar playing and like even the structure of songs like the, they weren't your typical like emo or screamo songs you know so yeah I would, I would kill to see those guys again it's a really good band yeah I would say The Chariot for me and I did see them once okay but I wasn't I didn't know who they were so like and now I regretted it after because I got into their discography and I'm yeah. just like man I wish I was into them when I saw them but I just like saw this just chaos yeah and just like the singer was I mean the the guitarist was in the crowd he had like a wireless guitar and he was like fucking moshing with his guitar and I was yeah. like the fuck is this yeah Cherry so, were a terrifying band yeah. in the best way possible. yeah yeah I wish I could have experienced like a real chariot show but I was like literally like on the sidelines just like what the fuck is this <laughs> what's happening 
Yeah, but like, it was awesome. So, yeah. Very cool. Um, so, like, when you, when you all like first got into the scene, um, like, you know, things were obviously probably a lot different than they are now. Is there anything you've seen that's changed over time that, like, you think is a really good thing? And, like, or is there anything that you've seen that's changed that you're like, we should probably get rid of this? Um, there's definitely a lot more POC, which I really appreciate. Um, and there's definitely, like, a lot more. I, one thing I remember seeing a lot, like, uh, in the scene, both in, like, not just the screamo scene, but even like the punk scene, or even like the ska scene that I was a part of when I was growing up. Yeah. Um, there was like this kind of like don't ask, don't don't tell thing when it came to like um, people that were in like transition, like like a lot of the trans community as well as the queer community of like, oh like just don't look at them kind of thing, like don't acknowledge that they're there. Whereas like now it's, I I'm glad that people are getting a lot more informed and like willing to get educated on these kinds of topics, which I really appreciate because I feel that like made people not want to be a part of the music or even start bands with people like i had a i had a homie of mine who was in a who was trying to like put a like a scarcore band together one time and uh they were queer themselves and yeah especially coming from like low high sinistos like it's a like very hispanic dominant community and oftentimes gay bashing is common it's a lot of like big heads and um they were afraid to like go up to people at shows and be like hey would you want to start a band with me and stuff like that so that's something that i don't see at, at all anymore or not as much you know, and I re- I'm really glad that's happening because, like, I feel like that's what causes, like, like Chris mentioned, like a lot of these young bands starting off like being really good, or like even yeah. more bands like collabing with each other because they're encouraged, yeah, yeah, to do it. You to, know? To, to, it's like a welcome, welcoming space. But yeah, before I, I guess it was like people basically telling others not to be themselves, and it's like, do you want to talk about like the something that's like the the least punk? thing to say you like don't be yourself you know that's what punk is it's like you know we don't feel like we're welcome so that's why we're fucking here you know and then now you're fucking doing the same thing it's like just hypocritical so i'm really glad that that those walls are being like broken down yeah no i've I've noticed that a lot too and i love that i'm gonna hijack the mic for a second my favorite thing i've seen in the last like few years of like the scene in general is kids coming to shows and wearing like full fucking face paint black metal face paint i don't care that's what and that's the space to do it. And anyone has a problem with it, get fucked. 100%, man. Great. And the, another thing that I, I've, I've noticed that I'm really happy for personally is mixed bills. Yes. Dude, like, because before it's like you're either going to an all screamo show, an all punk show, an all hardcore show. An all emo show. Yeah. Whereas, whereas, like, now you'll be, it'll be like a screamo band, an emo band, someone's like electro pop, like art project. Or someone's like just like an acoustic like emo set, you know, all in the same night, and you know, not only. And I've always been a firm believer that those kind of shows like introduce you to stuff that you've never listened to before, and it might just be your new favorite thing, you know. Like that's yeah. how I got really into dream pop. Yeah. You know, so the fact that that's common a lot more now is something I really enjoy. That's how I got into Machine Kid, dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Before I was in Quiet Fear, I saw well, my other band played with, with uh, Quiet Fear and Machine Kid, and I was just like. This is like one of the sickest things I've ever seen. It's like nine inch nails, but like heavier. Yeah. You know? It's sick too because he used to be in uh, this really awesome band called Lavea. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they were telling me. Oh, my God. I, I haven't heard them, so. You should. Yeah, Please listen to Lavea. It's like, <laughs> really, I really will not shut up about that band. I'm super fucking annoying about it. Everyone <laughs> listen to Lavea. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to dive into that. 
So, yeah, no, I love that too. I like the. I think it also like the scene gets bigger and we get stronger. Yeah, old. I think that's really important, especially these days. So, yeah, I'm a hundred percent in agreement. With that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, if you, I mean, I know you, you both don't really do vocal features, but in a dream scenario, if you could do a guest feature on any band song, either defunct or like you know around right now, who would it be? Probably Meg from Punch. Oof. I mean, like, so you would want to be on a punch song, but you get to feature on theirs. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But I know punch is in the band. Yeah. So. Unfortunately. Man. But yeah, that, that would be. I fuck with that. <laughs> I definitely probably would want to be on a Mustanera song. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I had, I, like, one of my favorite songs of theirs is uh, Hippocrita, and they actually gave me the chance to hop on while they played it on the tour, which was a good time. And I don't know, I just, I'd be cool to be on one of those or even, uh, Trying to think of another really solid one. That's probably the one off the top of my head for sure right now that I want to be in. Yeah. I mean, you could probably sneak into Heavenly Blue on stage and people would be like, oh, yeah, it's a part of the band. Oh, man. That'd be cool. But they're they good. Would, they would let you too. <laughs> I'm not as good as their vocals. Like, I'd probably, oh, yeah. Maybe if I do, I, I'd probably want to. If I were to do a dream scenario of that, I'd probably maybe want to do a spoken word thing. The thing is, this guy's vocals are really sick, and okay. he always says that he sucks. <laughs> All right. Like, your vocals are tight. It's too late, Adrian. Word's out now. Uh, you gotta publish now you gotta it. Hey, he's going to sing more on the, on the record. Yeah, that's yeah. that's one thing that we're that we We're trying to take the load off of John yeah. when it comes to vocals. They want, like, backup vocals. Yeah. So. John puts in work, so yeah. it'd be nice to... Phenomenal yeah. work, man. Give them a little water break. Yeah. It needs it. Um, so we kind of have like some sillier questions as we round out the interview, but uh, feel free to like omit details or you don't have to answer it at all if you don't want to, or you know, you gotta, later on after you think about it. Uh, that's cool too. But what's the most illegal or dangerous thing you've ever done? Mm. I'm trying to think of the one I can actually say on mic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know, I know one. Uh, I didn't mean to do this. But me and my friend, we were, uh, so when we were in Drumline, like, there would be, like, kind of like a parent conference with the, the band director, essentially, like, the band funds and all that, and, like, what they got to pay for and all that stuff. It'd be, like, meetings. And uh, so, like, the kids would be at the school, like, you know, after hours, and it was dark and stuff. And we would just, like, play hide and seek around the school, around the high school. And me and my friend, like, uh, we're like we went like over this fence where it was like kind of like a blocked off area where there was like pipes and stuff and it was and (laughs) one of us i don't remember if it was me or him but like one of us landed on one of the pipes and it it, like broke (laughs) and literally like like water started going everywhere and the next day we came to school and the entire school was flooded. Oh shit. Like or at least the quad. The quad was like just full of water. <laughs> and, we, and he was like, Do not say anything. <laughs> okay. And like we kind of just yeah, accidentally flooded the school. Okay. And no one found out that it was us. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that was pretty nice. That's that. a great I forget about it. And then like you said that and I was like, Oh yeah, that happened. I was like a freshman, I think. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, like, that's awesome. Yeah, and we didn't have to go to class. <laughs> like, oh, just hell like yeah. skyrocketing. So like, yo, like we don't have to go to this like stupid class. Hell yeah, they're like cleaning up the quad, so it's tight. It worked out. That's sick. 
Yeah. Damn, that's a great story. No consequences, too. Actually, benefits. Yeah, well, they have cameras now, but you know, at the time. I probably. Oh, you're the reason they got cameras. Probably. Oh, man. Probably, yeah. You mess it up for everyone. <laughs> yeah. And we just, like, do not say that's my story. There's two that come to mind for me. There's a cool one, and then there's a really dangerous one. Okay. The cool one is uh, when I was 13. No, yeah, yeah. when I was 13, I snuck in to see Iron Maiden with my dad. Oh, sick. Yeah, in Irvine. And it was like, just we, we had like hopped the fence and like went through the staff parking lot and kind of like broke a door to like get into, there was like the staff like break section. Oh, at the old amphitheater, right? Yeah, the, I think at the time it was the Verizon Wireless Amphitheater. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we, we did. That's one of them that like I cherish to this day because it was like... See, it was like, because my dad was all, has always given me stories of, like, when he was sneaking the shows, like, back in the late 70s and stuff like that. Yeah. But to actually do it with him was, like, something totally gnarly. And then the most dangerous one was when I think I was a junior in high school. Um, at that time, I was the only one of my friend group that had a license and a car. So uh, I think we were on our way to a, a birthday party that my friend had got us invited to in Cypress Park. And uh, they were wanting to do a beer run. And uh, none of us had any money. So right away, we were all like, all right, we're going to just do the quick grab and dash okay. and um i had put my i was uh we chose the faster runners out of all of us which was me and my one of my other buddies and my, uh, i had another friend take the wheel like outside of the liquor store we were at and um we thought it was going to be like a swift getaway because it was just like this elderly woman at the cashier and like when we grabbed the cases of like beer um this other i guess what was her grandson came out from the back to be at the cashier and we we're all like all right this is gonna be it and my buddy kind of like just casually was like, hey man, how much? And then just started running. And like we both bolted out the door and like we jumped into my car and we started driving away. But we had no idea that I guess another dude that worked at the liquor store was like coming into the parking lot and he saw us leaving and chased us down. Oh shit. And we got into like this car chase with the dude for maybe like a good like like 10 minutes. And like it was one of those things where like we were hitting speed bumps and like you saw sparks from because he was driving like this SUV. And I, I had, like, a, a small, like, 04 Toyota Corolla at the time. So I was just trying to, like, duck and dive him from, like, all the residential streets until finally he hit a turn where, like, this other car blocked him off. And we hit in the parking lot of this uh, mechanic shop in Cypress Park. And we just waited there for, like, an hour. I was, like, sweating bullets. That could have been really bad. Was, yeah, that could have been super bad. I was bad. freaking out. And, like, it was what, and, uh, I, and I remember being, like, super paranoid at the time because that, that Toyota had, like, when you never seen, like, those license plates that have lights on it. Yeah. I was like, he for sure saw my license plate. Like, he probably's like, going to call. And um, my buddy kind of, like, convinced me, like, just to not think about it too much. And we went to the party. And the, the ironic thing about it is, like, we got to the party and it sucked. It was, like, so bad. <laughs> all that there wasn't anything going on. We heard that there was bands that were going to play, but it was just, like, some, like, lame DJ playing, like, a bunch of, like, at that time was like early like soundcloud trap rap which uh, isn't bad but it just wasn't like what it made it, it out wasn't to be. Worth, it yeah wasn't it wasn't worth, worth like almost like getting into a car wreck and stuff like that and but that's probably like the more rough one i've ever done for sure okay. that's all great hard. stories <laughs> um so now time for our favorite question uh assuming you're not a pacifist if there's anyone in the world that you could just like fucking rock their shit one good shot with no consequences, no repercussions, who would it be and why? Man, that's, that's a good one. I'm going on right now. I know. Right off the rip, it'd probably be like, uh, shit, I'm trying to think of a good one, dude. Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson. <laughs> Tucker Carlson. <laughs> yeah. You know he would fold. Or too. Ben Shapiro. Yeah. 
I just do that guy has a punch in the face. <laughs> so ben, I'll, t- I'll do Ben Shapiro. That's, okay. that's a good one. He sucks. Really yeah, I think they both suck. I forget their names, but it's all of the major uh, prime ministers that are like in charge of the military funding that's going to Israel and like bombing all the folks in Gaza. Yeah, yeah. That would fucking rock those folks. Yeah. It's this like. They're just. just Signing away contracts of like, yeah, here's like another trillion dollars to go like bomb everybody. That's they deserve there. a good beat down. Yeah, all of them. More I'll, than a punch. Yeah, I'll just... give you Mulligan on that one. You can stock all of them. <laughs> yeah, I would just like just run the fade right then and there. Yeah. With all of those oh, yeah. Man. On site, dude. I saw Netanyahu on the street. Dude, it's like one of those things where like you see him walking, you trip him, and then as soon as he falls, you just start like <laughs> drop him. Just like dude. jump him. Dude. Um, I'm trying to. Th- I'm trying to think of like a fun one of like some like celebrity or somebody that I just fucking hate. I uh, I bring this up all the time, and he probably hates that I do. But, uh, Ryan from uh, Don't Cry for Me, I'm Already Dead. No, maybe it was Chris. One of them said Danny uh, Trejo, oh, just to see what would happen. <laughs> oh, man, you could probably be- get away with it now, but back then, nah. I mean, no repercussions, though, right? So. Yeah, that's a good. Oh yeah, that's that's part of it. Really just to see what would happen. I think he would die. Yeah. <laughs> he's pretty old. He's old. He's pretty old. Yeah, he could not take a hard call. I, I don't know, man. There's some old folks that I feel like can still like rock. That's true. He's hard as fuck, so. Like, Joe Pesci, I think that dude can still rock somebody's shit. I would. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't even say his name. I'm dude. scared. <laughs> I'm scared of Joe Pesci. I'm shaking already. <laughs> that guy would be fucking gnarly. He's scary, dude. He'll stab you in the neck with a pen. Do I have to kill you? Yeah, for real, man. Mm-hmm. Am I, what, you think I'm funny to you? I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I guess. Probably, or actually, uh, that dude, that, uh, uh, uh Richard Spencer. Yeah, yeah, right, dude. Uh, yeah. Just because, like, I was reading, uh, I was rereading a lot of the articles that got published that were happening when, uh, Betsy DeVos was part of the administration and doing, like, and she was funding a lot of those, um, like, those anti-gay camps that were doing, like, electroshock therapy on people to try to convince them that they should go straight. Fuck and him. a lot of funding came from like his organizations and stuff like that and i was like man fuck this guy yeah so i'd probably definitely deck that dude in the face if i got the chance yeah. i mean it's really great that we have video footage of him like catching a page in public yeah. honestly every now and again when i need to pick me up i'll go back and watch that video oh 100 percent. it's great because it's not even a punching it's like the whole like it's like an arm bar to the face it's, it's a classic. And I love how he just like, he, he kind of has that face of like, oh dude, what just happened? Is this really yeah, happening right like, now? Like, yeah, dude, what did you expect? <laughs> yeah, like, come in public, see what happens. Mm-hmm. You're fucking up, dude. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, so I know a lot of people don't believe in this anymore, and I'm a firm believer in this as well, but like, do you listen to any music that could be considered like cringy? Uh, dude. <laughs> I, I for sure do. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe, not cringy to me, but these guys definitely Yeah, they'd be like, uh, I'll say... <laughs> It's cringy to some people, even though it's. I think it's fucking tight. Um, but it's Meteora by Lincoln Park. People think Lincoln that Park's cringy. That's a rocks. banger. I don't, I've Dude, never I heard. But that's, that's my shit. That's my shit. That's what I grew up on. That's you know? a classic. But there, no, there's a lot of people that think it's. Cr- I'm like, how? That's crazy. Chester Bennington's voice is fucking amazing. R.I.P. Dude, I, I have this. I have this conversation a lot with friends that I feel like if, if like one day he decided to do like a screamo project away from Lincoln Park, it'd be the greatest screamo. Oh, we all would. Dude, because his, his range and, like, how high he could go would be amazing. The dude literally gave himself a hernia from screaming too hard. Yeah. The dude's yeah. a legend. Yeah, his range is insane. So, yeah, I would say that. <laughs> Man. I don't even know if I should say it, because John and Chris are here and they'll hate me for saying it. Who cares, dude? They're not here. Yeah, they're I not would, here. Well, a lot of people definitely think it's crazy. Like, I love um, a lot of the third wave ska. 
I listen to a lot, a lot of, of people do Sky is Strange, but Sky is free. Yeah. That's what Especially like the Aquabats. I listen to the Aquabats a lot, and like a lot of people just hate on the Aquabats. Hey, I've seen the Aquabats. They're fun as fuck, man. Yeah, so. I don't listen to them on a regular basis, but that show was a good show. That was a good time, man. It is, man. It's it's like almost it was like it's like trying to hang. Yeah, dude, because like I feel at least uh, from growing like going to a lot of backyard shows like here in LA, especially in East Los, like Skull was your gateway to like power violence, crust punk. That's how I got it. Black metal. Yeah. So people don't people don't talk about it. Skull is the gateway into so many genres for so many people because Skull bands will be like, yeah, I'll play a show. I don't care. The only person I I heard say that in an interview was Meg from Punch. She was like, I got into Skull first, and then. It led to like power violence. And I'm like, oh, that's same. Like, it's, like I feel like no one else says that besides me and Adrian. Dude, I, I had and, this. I had this conversation with John not that long ago because um, we. Were, I think we just started talking about like how we got into this music, and I always shout out a homie that's not around anymore. Rest in pieces, uh, homie I had named Gavin, who I met at a ska show, and he was like this dude that was the only Salvadorian at the time that I knew in like that scene, and um, he was like really. Well, he was affiliated. Like I'm not gonna say where he was from. I'm not yeah, gonna yeah. say what kind of activity he got into. But homie was heavily affiliated. Yeah. Um. But he was like, not only was he really into Scott, he was the kind of he was the dude that put me on the screen. Like at that time, I was like, I was listening to like thrash, a lot of punk, and post hardcore that my older cousin had put me onto. But I was never really like like screamo wasn't a thing in my radar. You know, like the closest thing to screamo to me was like spaz. But even yeah. then, that's like you know, fire violence. Um. But like this dude, he was like. The most unorthodox screamo head because he was like dressed head to toe in like Ben Davis and Pro Club. His face was like blasted with a bunch of like crazy tattoos. Yeah. And um, and like he was dating uh, this chick that was in like the basis for a ska band at the time. And I, I sat down with him one day and I was wearing a Charles Bronson t shirt. And he's like, Oh, dude, my girlfriend showed me that band. They reminded me of uh, this other band. You ever listen to Joshua Fit for Battle? Oh, shit. Yeah. And I was like, No, dude, I've never heard that. And he like, the next time I saw him at a show, he, he had a burn CD for me, and it had Joshua Fit for Battle, Orchid, um, Anime, uh, Anomi, um, Dytro. Holy shit. Yeah, so, like, that dude was, like, I'm meeting that dude at Scott Show was the reason that I started getting into Screamo. Yeah, that's crazy. Just from that. R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. with my homie Gavin, man. That's really sick, though. That's so cool. And that's, like, just, like, a big best screamer. You don't know who's going to be a screamer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if you're old enough for this question, Chris, but uh, feel free to chime in, but Adrian, maybe you, maybe you can answer it. Did you have a cringy MySpace screen? I didn't. Uh, I was around during that era, but I was late to the uh, social media game, dude. Like, I didn't have, like, I never had a, a MySpace, yeah. like, myself. Like, every one of my friends did, everyone tried to get me into it, and uh, it's funny, we were talking earlier about the homie Randall, and uh, I didn't get in a Facebook until I met that guy. Oh, yeah, and this was maybe I want to say like 2014 that I hopped on it, mainly just because like at the time I think he might I don't think he had a phone and like he was like oh like I'll check my you can hit me up on Messenger and I was like how do I do that and <laughs> yeah dude like I was I was like my tech savviness really just was more focused on like torrenting like video games and stuff like that Respect. but a lot of my homies I would just like see them in person so I didn't really have a need for like online stuff like that and. Um, yeah, I know I, my, my space was everything, but I do remember how it looked like uh, my cousins at the my cousins that are kind of like my brothers that I grew up with. They had like the whole decked out, yeah, like MySpace page, Did like HTML and all that yeah, shit. and like the background I think was like 36 Mafia and like uh, State <laughs> Still Fly was like playing in the like when you joined in, yeah, yeah. yeah, and um, that's where he would like download all of his uh, his like ringtones at the time. So I, I remember what that was for. 
Um, but I never had it personally, but I don't I know. definitely had a MySpace. You had a MySpace? Yeah. Oh, shit. What was your screen? Uh, no. No. Uh, you have to remember. Yeah, you for sure you do. Dude, I, I vaguely remember it. But I just know that I got I got a MySpace when I was like fourth grade or something. Oh, fuck. I was like one of those fucking asshole kids that had a phone in fourth grade. Ah, <laughs> so, no, you know. Um, but I don't remember my, I don't remember the name. I just remember I had a MySpace. That's okay. Sorry we'll we'll do some internet sleuthing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, well, is it even like... I don't know, actually. Can I mean, you even find shit like about MySpace anymore? I think it's still hosted, maybe, but it might have gone down. Or, I know all the music got wiped off of MySpace, which broke my heart. Was, I remember I used to post... Uh, I put, like, I have two. Oh, fuck. I remember I had, like, Hollywood Undead on that shit. Nice. (laughs) Nice. So that's, okay, I'll say that that's the cringiest. I remember that. (laughs) Yeah. I remember I had, like, Hollywood Undead on that. Even though, like, yeah, looking back, that's a band that just... Fuck that. Speaking of, if there's one thing that I remember from my MySpace era that, like, I'm, like, with it being down now is that that's... Like, so many bands from, like, the early 2000s would upload their EPs and stuff to there, and, like, Bandcamp and all that wasn't really popping right away. So, like, with it being gone, there's so many, like, gems that oh, probably are never going to be heard again. I know I had GarageBand, like, beats that I, like, nice. made on there. Hell yeah. Um, they probably were shitty, but, yeah. <laughs> now lost the time, unfortunately. Yeah. But, but you're right, the first time I ever listened to uh, I Would Set Myself on Fire for you was on a MySpace page. Yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. R.I.P. MySpace. Um, what do you, what would you say is your most unpopular music take? Just in general, or like screamo? Just in general. Just it could be screamo related. It could just be about music in general. Yeah. I think. I don't know if it's an unpopular thing, but it's more of an observation. I noticed that anytime people or like a screamo band disbands or stuff like that, they'll always get into a different genre and I always like those a lot more than the other bands. Yeah. Like they'll either do like an electro pop EDM kind of thing or they'll get into like a, like an indie new wave kind of project. Yeah. And those are like, I feel like that's where their wings sprout. You know? yeah, I really dig that. Or, um, an unpopular thing I hate is, um, I hate when bands break up and they make even more great bands. It was like, oh, I'm just counting down the minutes from like this band to not be around anymore. Like, um, like I think about merchant ships a lot. Yeah. And like how when they broke up, you get you get uh, Midwest Pen Pals, you get Park Jefferson, you know, and all that. And it's like, oh, it's another great band, but then they're William like, Bonnie. William Bonnie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or it's like when you see, uh, yeah, dude. And the same, I even like going back to the the whole interview you guys did with Jason and like Orchid. Uh, not being around anymore, but then you get Panthers, you get uh, Violent Bullshit, and all that stuff. Um, but, uh, that, if anything, that would probably be my unpopular opinion. If, if like, if you're, a band breaks up, don't stop making music. Yeah. You know, like, I'm sure, like, there's people that get burnt out, but I would say, instead of giving up music, like, continue being creative. You know, I see a lot of people that, like, get out of it and just, like, just don't do anything anymore. You know? And they get very, like, you know, almost jaded to an extent. So, you know, just keep on being creative. That'd probably be my, my music take. Yeah, it's not a phase. Trust me. One hundred percent. Not is, just a phase. You know. I don't have one. I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> no, you don't get up all this. Right? That's okay. Uh, so, 
we're winding down the year. It's like almost the end of 2023. Would you say that you have an album of the year for 2023? Yeah. Um, I think it was 2023. I hope it was in 2022. But uh, I'll say MS Paints, um, Post American. Yeah, that came out this year. What okay. a wild yeah. album. That's probably my favorite album of the year, for sure. That's yeah. a pretty good one. Yeah. I don't. I think, well, that's just me thinking every, everything I listen to, it's either just like old shit or like my friends' bands. <laughs> so, and I think my friends' bands are all fucking amazing, so I can't really narrow it down to one. Um, that's fair. I feel like I will, I'll have one next year, so I feel like next year's going to oh, have just straight bangers, for sure. It's going to be, next year's going to be really sick for Screamo. It's always a banner year for Screamo. This year feels very long, so I can't remember everything that's, that's come out this year. A lot year. of stuff came out this year. Too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, like, and all from all over. Yeah. I just been so focused on you know playing with this band. I'm like forgetting that other shit exists. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to keep up lately, with lately at least. Yeah. Not for real. Um. So like, what's the next big goal, or, like accomplishment that y'all want to kind of complete as a band? I know that like you know you want to work on the album, finish that, but maybe like a little bit beyond that, you know, big tour, or, like opening for like a band you really love. Or something. I honestly probably hit Europe. It's yeah. like a big thing for sure. And that we're really hoping to, that we're planning and hoping to achieve, as well as like hitting uh, Asia. Mm. You know, that's another really big one, especially yeah. because um, you know this year has definitely been uh, one of the more uh, productive ones, and I feel like we've accomplished a lot of things that kind of didn't seem likely for a while for us, at least for me. And you know, accomplishing them this year kind of made it, you know, that. All those other things are really possible, so that's definitely something we're pushing for, along with the finishing the new record. Yeah, so that's what I think we're probably doing. Yeah. And uh, I feel like another thing that I don't know, me and Chris were talking about it, because um, you know we we were saying that Chris doesn't you know like certain songs that he writes and stuff. Yeah, and I think with this new record, like we're just gonna keep it short and sweet so that every song is like we're gonna play all these songs now because they're all sick like that's yeah. the goal is just to make the album like every song is gonna hopefully be like playable live you know or at least we all like it so that, that's the goal is like we're all happy with this record and yeah. we can put it on so, so. Yeah. so excited for it you can't even tell yeah. it sounds um, a little different so, all right yeah, so. i'm ready for it <laughs> anything you guys put out you guys could put out like a fucking shoegaze album i don't care i'll listen to it. <laughs> Man, I mean, yeah, let's not go down. <laughs> um, so, as we're winding down, uh, if you could give the world a gift, like any gift, what would it be? Um, for all the morons to not be in power. Because I feel like the, the world is run by fucking corrupt morons. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I would 100%. Yeah. That's a great one. <laughs> I would say, like an overarching thing would probably be universal healthcare, because especially because like this this new job that I've gotten is the first time where I have like a pretty set like a pretty good set of benefits that like for a long time like any and everybody who's like dealing with like the issues of like bills for like medical and stuff like that it's almost scary to go to the doctor. Yeah. Even for like the most minute things as like a stuffy nose or like a cough. And uh, recently, I kind of went to the doctor, to the optometrist and the dentist, like, all in one day. And it was, like, a complete load off my mind. And I have this peace of mind of where I'm at with my health. And I feel like it makes a lot of other things put into perspective, you know, better. 
And if like I can do that for if I like if I had like a button, you gave me a button, and I was like everyone gets free healthcare right now. I honestly feel like most shit would be easier for on folks for sure. Yeah, I definitely give them that. Um, also, <laughs> maybe as like a like a, just the thing I think would be cool. Like everyone have a box set of the Twilight Zone. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> That's a good. One. I've never heard. Of that. <laughs> yeah. Well, me. I just feel like the Twilight Zone is like. If you're not, if you don't like, you know, if you want like a pretty good like old school method of critiquing like society and like um, a varying like amount of like different topics from like gender equality, like workplace environment, like yeah, it's um, all in there. body yeah. dysmorphia, like <laughs> fascism, it's capitalism, there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know. And I'm a firm believer that horror is the best way to like teach a teen, you know. So maybe just like that, you know? yeah, probably give people that. And, yeah. All right. That's awesome. So thank you both so much for coming on and talking to me and taking time out of your day. Um, as we're wrapping up, is there any like shout outs you want to give? Any causes you want to plug? Anything that's on your mind? Uh, this is your space to talk about. One hundred percent. In LA, there is a uh, there's a varying amount of uh, organizations that are gathering gathering funds for like the folks in Gaza, Ramallah, and the West Bank. Um, do your best to educate you educate educate yourself on a lot of stuff that's going. Uh, I know that. Uh, at UCLA and most of the CSUs, there are organizations and factions that are rallying together for protests to get funds and everything together for the people over there. And, um, you know, just try your best, even if it's like $10, like $10 will buy a loaf of bread. And that's like what a good amount of the people in Gaza are like striving to get even for the day. I, w- I would definitely reach out to that. And um, also just shout out to the listeners, you know, like I, I never thought I'd be doing something like this, you know, like. Shout out to you and all the folks that not just a face for even like, considering to have us. Like that's kind of you know, like if you were to tell me like as a kid I was gonna do some cool stuff like this, like I really wouldn't believe it. But it's, it's really cool, man. And then shout out to all the homies and all the bands that we played with and all the people that have checked us out up until now. You know, it means a lot. Um, <laughs> I think I was just gonna say shout out to. Masanera making the split happen. I'm really excited to put this, this thing out and for everyone to hear it. Hopefully, in the next couple months, it comes out. I don't I don't know if it's gonna come out, but yeah. soon. It's gonna, be, it's gonna be a good one. For and sure. shout out Mark for you know, all their hard work and putting the tour together and like making 100%. Making our lives a lot easier. You know? And uh, Masanera in general, they all they all they all made that tour happen smooth and. and you know, we all had a place to stay every night, and you know, that was the best experience of my life. So, shout out to them. So, yeah. all right. Uh, actually, before we close out, I did want to ask really quick, uh, Chris, like getting on stage with Page Ninety Nine playing those drums is probably like one of my favorite memories from the fest that we had. Can you tell me a little? I forgot to ask you earlier. Can you tell me a little bit about how that was for you? Um, I it was like. At first, when I when I first got on the stage, I like blacked out. <laughs> like, but you know how this their 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 song is like super long. So yeah. in the I like woke up in the middle. I was like, holy shit! <laughs> like I kind of like, and it was funny because I actually forgot it was gonna happen. And Mark's like, are you ready? And I'm like, for what? He's like, we're going on stage right now. I was like, oh shit! I forgot. <laughs> and uh, and we went on stage, and you know I brought that floor tom out, and uh, I just started fucking playing with that beat, and. You know, like I think it was probably that was another one of the 
best experiences of my life and shout out to page 99 yeah shout out to them like, they actually hit me up after like uh, on my instagram and uh and they were just saying like they just had so many nice things to say about about the performance really really amazing shout out blake chris yeah and yeah, Corey from from page 99 one of the bassists he uh was talking to me and he was like every time we play a show and you're there like you or Mark, like you guys have to come on stage. Like this is you're like a part of this forever now. So that was like holy shit. <laughs> you know? So you know, like I feel like you know that was very validating for me because I was like, am I even worried? Like around that time, I was like, am I? Should I even be here? You know what I mean? And I was like very nervous about just being in quiet fear in general. And like I feel like they really made me feel welcome. I felt like a part of the community. So. It was more than just being on stage with them. Right? It, was like, yeah. it was like a validated kind of Oh, yeah. I mean, I can't. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot to ask. No, okay. I had to make sure. Thank you. Asked. I love reliving that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. All right. Well, again, thank you both for coming on. Thanks thank for having us. Well. Yeah. Poor yeah. shout out to Christopher and Jonathan. Sorry you guys couldn't make it out, but uh, maybe next. Maybe, yeah. That'll be the probably more fun in, in this year for sure. Yeah. Uh, I love a little chaos. This was nice, but I like it. <laughs> Definitely. We'll all be talking over each other and shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>